everybody, and welcome to True Stories of Tinseltown. And once again, I'm here with the darling and wonderful pal O'Mine, April VVA. Hi, April. Hi, Grace. And we are doing part two of Stage Mothers. And our part two is, take it away, April. It is Leela Rogers. Yes. Leela or Layla? I think it's Leela. Because That's what I thought. Her her nickname is, uh, I guess she has a nickname called Lili. So I'd say it wouldn't be Lele. I think it would be Lili. I'm doing Lila Rogers. Should have asked you that before we recorded, but here we here we are. That's what it is, I think. But um, yes, we're talking about her, and she. I don't think she was a monster, but she was, um, you know, all there for for her daughter and and she was pretty ruthless and she did her things, but she was actually, you know, accomplished herself in the, before ginger. Yeah, m- most definitely. And, and in a lot of ways she's a pioneer. She's, she's also a horrible person. Yes. So. <laughs> but ginger loves her. Yes. <clears throat> Loved her. Very, very much so. Yes. So, um, you want to take, where she was born. Yeah, so she, yeah, so Layla was born in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Um, she's the oldest of four daughters, and I bring that up because we're going to get right into debunking. There's a whole thing about Rita Hayworth and Ginger being cousins, but it, what it is, Leela's younger sister married Vinton Hayworth, who was Rita's uncle. So it's, it's not really, I, I, I wouldn't really classify them as cousins under that. I mean, obviously they're not blood related. Um, but you know, there's a whole thing about Ginger and Rita being cousins. Um, but yeah, I mean, Leela does live a really interesting life. Um, she moves to Independence, Missouri in 1911, and she's, you know, working as a newspaper reporter. And that is where she gives birth to her daughter, Virginia. Um, Virginia will be her only child. Um, and obviously, Virginia becomes Ginger Rogers. Well, can I just say before that, wasn't it that there was another child born, but they used forceps to take... Um, the baby and the baby died. Yes. Yes. And um, that's one of the reasons that she then had ginger and she stopped at ginger. Right. Um, you know, so she, you know, she gives birth to ginger and she's working as a reporter. Um, and then she very interestingly goes and starts working during the war, she works with the Marines. Yeah, she becomes like a, a female Marine. What a yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah, and she she works as a reporter for them, and she does, you know, the, the Marines newspaper, which is called The Leatherneck. Mm-hmm. Um, she also, you know, directs films during this time. I mean, she, she lives a really, she's really going forward and she's, you know, living this really like fascinating life. Yes. Um, and they, she does live in Hollywood during this time. They move in 1916 after uh, her divorce from Ginger's dad. And she also makes extra money just writing scripts. Um, 
one of the most famous, I guess, connections you could say she has is that baby Marie Osborne scripts are commonly written by her. And she does work for Pathé, too. I mean, I, I don't like her as a person. I'm just going to put that out there right away. But she does do a lot of trailblazing when Ginger is just an infant and yeah, toddler. She does. And like I said, I'm not fond of her as a human being, but, you know, she did a lot. And um, she did tons for Ginger. But she was not, obviously, the easiest person to deal with at that point. No, no, not at all. Um, you know, so she she lives, I would say, a relatively, um, you know, interesting life. And she she does marry a man named John Logan Rogers in 1920. And that's obviously where Ginger gets her last name because he adopts Ginger. Uh, but, you know, the, the main thing is she she is just one of those people who can very proudly say, I don't need a man. Easily, yes. You know, she, she's going to do it on her own. Yeah, she doesn't need their money. She doesn't need this. She doesn't, she's not going to make them dinner and, you know, take off his slip, uh, bring him his slippers and pipe or anything like that. That just exactly. wasn't her. Why it should no. it have been? I mean, she really was, like you said, a trailblazer. Yeah, no, m- most definitely. And like you said, she she's not going to settle down into domestic life, which is probably why she had you know, relationship issues because she went with men who were expecting her to settle down and she just wasn't going to do that. Um, but things really, I guess you could say come to a head, uh, in 1925 when Ginger enters a Charleston dance contest and she wins and she's allowed to tour, um, on one of the theater circuits as Ginger Rogers and the redheads. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There was a guy, right? Another guy who was with her. Yeah. A young kid who was uh, one of her dancing partners. And the redheads. And the redheads. Yeah. And I mean, you know, she's 14 years old and doing this. But, you know, she she likes it. Um, You know, and that really just kind of gets the gets the show bug into Ginger. And she's going to do the vaudeville circuit um, for a few years before going on to Broadway. Uh, in 1926 and Leela is with her every step of the way um well at 14 that's a good thing you know when she was doing all that stuff as a child oh yes um especially when you take into consideration how many stage parents were not by their kids side right um but you know Leela is just really pushing Ginger she's like hey you know we're going to do this. We're going to, you know, get you up there. And Ginger's like, okay, you know, let's do it. The, I don't think anyone can undersell how close Leela and Ginger were. Yeah, they were like um, Siamese twins in a way be, without being conjoined. You know, they were yeah. like, not. I mean, they were just like two people almost as one. You know, they worked as a team always. Mom came first. Mother was the love of her life. Exactly. And, you know, it's, I feel like we've started the series on kind of a positive note, because even though we might recognize toxic elements, our first two are very close with their mother. Yeah, they don't hate their guts or anything like that. Right. No. Oh, we'll get to that. (laughs) Those are Yeah, no. (laughs) Um, You know, and Layla is really, you know, 
educating Ginger during this time too. She makes sure that, you know, she goes to dance classes. She's, you know, making sure that Ginger is on stage every night. She she's her biggest cheerleader and her hardest coach. Yes. Um, so Ginger, like I said, she she goes on Broadway. She eventually in 1929 goes into films she makes um a few short films and in 1930 paramount gives her uh a contract and she is going to you know sit there and make movies of course leela is orchestrating all of this without she's like a hard driven broad they hated her the studio executives hated her exactly i think she was pretty i don't think she was really that well liked by many Although Lucille Ball credits her with her uh, her acting and things like that. No, exactly. Um, Ginger slash Leela, I mean, one of them, decides <laughs> that the Paramount contract just isn't great. Um, and she, she gets out of it pre- pretty unscathed, I would say, within like a few months. I think it's probably possible that she was dropped, but of course they're going to make, you know, as this story gets retold, you know, she maneuvered her way out of it. I think it was, it was probably that she got dropped. Well, but... I would imagine Leela did that because I don't think Ginger had those chops yet to do that kind of no, thing. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, so she go there, they, you know, they're in New York for a little bit. They go back to Hollywood and Ginger signs with Pathé, which of course was Leela's old workplace. Um, she makes a few films for Pathé, but of course, the biggest thing is for starters in 1932, she's named one of the 15 Wampas baby stars, which is just the creepiest name. To it me. really is. Yuck. Yeah, no. And then she eventually signs with RKO in 1933 and she makes flying down to Rio, her first film with Fred Astaire. Now this is where Leela's like, okay, I see my way in. So not only, exactly. Not only is she working as Ginger's manager, she also finagles a job for herself at RKO And she'll, you know, coach a lot of these younger starlets. Uh, Betty Grable is one of them as well, although Betty hated Ginger with a passion. And, of course, Lucille Ball. And like you said, Lucille really sits there and credits Leela with, you know, getting her into acting and making her an actress. Um, But, you know, Leela's, like, running this school thing through RKO and then she eventually makes it that she's like the head of the acting part of the school and she also works as a producer and she supervises Ginger's films I mean she is really embedded in RKO she's a busy busy little mamacita she is she's a definite busy body and she does all of this, I mean, partly to earn income, which funnily enough, um, which is just funny, I guess, later, but the U.S. government eventually goes after her because she's not paying taxes. Um, but she gets, you know, money from being Ginger's manager, and then she also gets money, you know, from doing this. So she is taking part 
of Ginger's income for all of this stuff, too. She's not just doing that out of the goodness of her own heart. Yeah, she wants a two-for-one deal. You know, I'm doing this, and you have to give me that. Exactly. Um, you know, and she, she she does well with it, obviously. Like we said, people like Lucille Ball credit her with you know, their careers, but she also uses this and she'll do this really throughout Ginger's whole career. She'll use this to find out about parts that RKO and other studios are considering for other women. And she'll finagle the scripts while she's teaching and then give them to Ginger. (laughs) And there's a few people who have talked about Leela doing this. And of course, Obviously, it's a highly immoral practice. Of course. Very, very, you know, crappy of her to do. If I remember correctly, Mamie Van Doren in like the late 40s, early 50s is one of these women that she does it to. And she's known around Hollywood for doing this. You know, she'll she'll ask these girls, oh, bring in your script, and then she'll pass it on to Ginger. And of course, Ginger will get the role. Now, some of this is probably sour grapes talking. I don't think she did it nonstop, but I think it's safe to say that she did this at least part of the time. And I think Ginger didn't care. I think she was pretty happy with that because she got the roles. Exactly. And I think that that's, you know, a big thing with it because Ginger has a lot of star power, you know, obviously remember her films with a stare today, but you know, her, her later work is actually, in my opinion, better. Yeah, I agree. Um, and she does, she's obviously a household name and she has a lot of pull at the studio. And if she's going to get a role, she's going to get a role. And like you said, I mean, she really doesn't care because she's getting the role she wants to get. Yeah, and also, I just want to give a P.S., as in Mother Jean and Ginger and her mom, they were also Christian scientists as well. Yes, and of course, that'll that'll come back, right. arguably, on them mm-hmm. um, uh, later. Um, but, you know, Ginger's career just continues to rise. I mean, arguably, she's one of the biggest stars of the 1930s. Um, she's still quite big in the 40s, but it, like I said, I think most people only remember her for the stuff in the 30s. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she wins an Oscar for Kitty Foyle. We was right there. And it's going good. And then, of course, the war. The war breaks out. World War II breaks out. And... You know, but both of them are sitting there, you know, they're helping the war effort. They're doing what they can do. And then after the war, we find ourselves in the Cold War and we're in the Red Scare. And this is where Leela comes in. And this is the prime reason I don't like her. She's one of the fan founding members of the Motion Picture Alliance for the Preservation of American Ideals. Right. Which is basically... I'm trying to think how to put this in a way that's not offensive. It's basically a group of people who want to other everyone who's not them. Right. Um, They're commies. Everybody else is a commie pinko. Yeah, exactly. Didn't she testify? She did. She testified for HUAC. And she... 
I, I don't know. It's one of those things I find so strange. And this is not a dig towards anyone who's listening, but I've seen Ginger Rogers fans who just kind of ignore this aspect. And I'm like, the group she created went on to ruin a lot of people's careers. On, you know, on unsubstantiated things. And it's funny, you know, because I get, because Ginger's like Miss Conservative, Miss Patriot, and that's fine. But she did a movie called Tender Comrade about a group of women um, whose husbands are at war and they get together. They're working at the, I don't know, one of the places that the women work at munitions things or whatever and they all live together tender comrade to me i'm watching i can't believe that tender comrade passed because what is comrade really americans don't say you're my comrade and it was sort of like um i don't know i can't believe that that wasn't called up into something because they were they were doing things over nothing and that was nothing. The movie was awful, but um, it was, and it, it was. It, it amazed me, and also the worst casting. And Ginger was right. You know, they cast her with Robert Ryan, who's like six foot four, huge. Ginger's a tiny five foot four, and he looked like um, the Jolly Green Giant, except very yeah. handsome, um, next to Ginger. Tiny, bad casting, not his role. He got with better parts. But you know what I mean? Tender comrade. And also, this kills me, this rumor that um, Leela had an, a relationship with J. Edgar Hoover. Did you read that one? <laughs> yeah. That that one's always that, that one's always pretty funny to me. I don't think we'll just put on the record. I don't think that she was sleeping with Jay Edgar Hoover. No, he was a, pretty much a self-loathing homosexual. <laughs> it's so funny how yeah. they go hardest for people like he did, you know, spying on people and homosexuality is a sin. And yet, you know, uh, we'd find a lot of that if we were looking in people's closets today as well. But um, yeah, I do not think they were. Mr. and Mrs. Romance, definitely. No, I, I don't think so either. I think they both, you know, they, they shared their vision. Yes, of hatred of everybody that was different um, and didn't think like they did. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I mean, there's the, there's other people, obviously, of prominence in, in the Motion Picture Alliance. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, hey, you know, this is just her. Um, Walt Disney's in it. Cecil B. DeMille's in it. Hedda Hopper's in it. Um, my my personal favorite is Charles Coburn because, of course, Charles Coburn was affiliated with groups that were affiliated with the KKK. So, you know, it's just it's not not saying obviously everyone in there was racist but it is it's a group that attracts some extreme personalities and i would say if you're going to join the ku klux klan i wouldn't think that you um would uh, go to bible school with black kids so i do think they were racist and you know hating jews hating blacks hating you know whatever yeah i think they were pretty racist yeah no there's um it's very extreme. <laughs> yes, very. In those stupid white robes and things they did. They, I mean, come on, show your face, you cowards. But because they were, you know, they were like judges and lawyers and all these big shenanigans. Yeah. yeah. That they put uh, to wear the hoods, the cowards. You know, they were going to march in New York City. Oh, geez. I don't know, maybe 20 years ago. And mm -hmm. they got a permit. 
but it said you have to march and you can't wear your, you know, your your disguise. So, of course, they didn't come and march in New York City. That was it. They wanted to be covered. I digress again. I just No, you're you're fine. Um what about as you know, I have talked a lot about that in my academic career. So right. I agree with you. Um but yeah, so th- that I would say is probably the biggest thing with Leela Rogers, you know, legacy is that she's involved with the motion with the formation of the motion picture alliance. Um, you know, and obviously the taking, you know, the political aspect out of it, this group is dedicated to ruining people's careers. Which is obscene. Look at John Garfield. He did have a bad heart. You know, they were torturing this poor man. He he lost his daughter. She had an allergic reaction. She was only four years old. Um, He uh, he was going to have to go and testify. You know, he was he was liberal. He you know, when they had like new theaters and things like that, you know, he wanted to go for unions and that automatically, you know, he was like going to go there. All that stress hit him. And I can't, like I said, I don't think he had a great heart, but all those things happening to him just, and, you know, the separation from his wife, who I'm I'm sure he philandered, but, you know, he certainly didn't deserve to lose a career or have that stress laid on to him, as none of them did, really. You know, it's awful what these people did. It was pretty, pretty sick. Should we get into Ginger's relationships with men? (laughs) So, Yeah. Um, they're, they're interesting to, to say the least. Right. Um, Ginger is married five times. Yep. And they're, none of them last, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the longest marriage that she has is with William Marshall, and it lasts eight years. Yes, her first husband. This one always gets me. The cake, the cake. Um, uh, she married Lou Ayers. And at their wedding, you see the wedding. I showed you this picture, right? The wedding cake. And Lou's looking at it like, get me out of here already. And it's this huge bride on top of the cake, this huge blonde bride, and no groom. And what does that tell you, Lou? Run, run, run. <laughs> How creepy. I will put, I'm going to post this, you guys, if I go to the Facebook group page, or I'll post it on my, my, um, Instagram, which I never post, but I'll put it there and send you guys to go to link because it is unbelievable. But he also did say, that, you know, she was so close to her mother, you know, sort of like when they divorced, she said, I think it's best you go back and live with your mother when they were getting separated. It wasn't ugly, but, you know, it's like three's a crowd here. Yeah, no. And in certain ways, I would say that Leela is even more involved than Jean Sr. Definitely. Because at least Jean Sr. wanted, you know, her own romances and things like that. And you know, she wasn't, you know, she didn't live with them or, you know, get involved. And if she had to take advice, she wouldn't take her husband's advice. She'd take her mom's advice on Ginger. So, you know, I, I can't say she she didn't die till 77, right? Yeah. So I imagine, you know, she was had a big part in all of her marriages. 
Yeah, no, there, it's yeah. She's just she's involved in all aspects, and I mean, I can't imagine living with somebody whose mother is like that. I've dated people whose mothers are like that, and it's horrible to now tend to. I have two. I have two. You've got it. I don't know. There's. Uh, I did a podcast, and it was about Busby Berkeley's private life. And it was fascinating to me. And he was such a mother's boy. He got married five times. They didn't last. They all said that he didn't even really live with his wives. He lived with his mothers, hence the rumor that he was gay. When his mother died, he married this woman he was friends with who looked like his mother. So, And he stayed married to her the rest of his life because he needed the mother. But it's just really creepy. I have dated mother's boys, too. And, and yeah, love no, your mommy, just, but you know you should love your mother. But you know, yeah, no, exactly. Um, you know, and like you said, she she's very much. You know, I'm not saying obviously Ginger Rogers is a bad person, but she's very much an all encompassing personality, and she starts going with men um, who are younger than her, which at the time like makes news. Um, her third husband is Jack Briggs, uh, Jacques who, Bergerac, the French guy. No, no. Jack Briggs, the Jacques, the fourth husband. Oh, I forgot. Jack's I thought he was the third, third husband. So he's Jack and Jacques. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jack and Jacques. Um, Jack is, you know, he's working as a Marine. He doesn't, he has a little bit of a Hollywood career, but he really doesn't want to continue it. Um, and they divorced in 49 and then, uh, and it makes news though, because he's eight years younger than her. Which is and a then, la scandal du jour, which is so silly now. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then in 53, she marries Jacques and he's 16 years younger than her. And he is a hunk. Hubba. He hubba, is a hunk. Hubba, hubba. He wasn't an actor when they met, but, um, they met, they did a movie together, Twist of Fate or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he became an actor, and Ginger was enamored by the boy. Can't blame her. And um, allegedly he was enamored by Ginger, but I don't believe that marriage lasted long either. It didn't. I mean, it was over within four years. And like you said, he had worked as a lawyer. Right. Um, and he's, you know... He is very nice looking. And of course, Leela is involved with all of this because of course she is. Um, And, you know, Ginger's sitting there and really by the 50s, her her career, I I never like saying, oh, their career's over, but her career has really taken a nosedive. But she did a couple of decents, you know, Berkeley's a Broadway, Barkley's a Broadway. Barclays of Barclay. It was supposed to be Judy Garland's role, but she just couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, I like that one. And and Judy Garland said, uh, I'm gonna she sent her, oh, she sent her over shaving cream and a brush because she said Ginger had a beard and blonde beard mustache. <laughs> Judy, Judy, Judy. Yeah, I think that's funny. But you know, she did a couple decent ones. She she did yeah not everything not everything was was horrible but it's just she's not she's not pulling in what she was able to pull into like dreamboats oh my god with Clifton Webb (laughs) yeah or you know like 
really, I, I know people love it, but I would really say that monkey business is just kind of one of those like all-star failures. I hate monkey business. And I hate when she pretends to be, you know, look at her in the major and the minor. Or if you see Kitty Foyle and she's supposed to be, I'm 12 years old. And Kitty Foyle, she, she's like kneeling down and everybody, she's 12, you know. And yeah. you're that you're so short, you're twelve, and you're just you know, and and, and then she talks like this because she's only twelve. Hi, Pop. I didn't talk like that at twelve. I don't think any twelve year olds talk like that at twelve. <laughs> do you? Did you no. do baby talk at twelve? Your seventh grade, man. No. You know she no. didn't because she was getting ready for a Charleston contest. So I don't know, but you know she she, she I don't know. Yeah, no, um, no, but I think you brought up a good point. I mean, I would say the Barclays of Broadway, I mean, she has some other higher budget films, but I would say that's the last real, like, Ginger Rogers spectacular. Yeah, I thought she was um, very good in it. I liked her and um, Fred. She she is good. Personally, I really like her in Storm Warning, where she takes Ooh, on the KKK. Oh, that is so good. I recommend this so highly if you can find it. Ronald Reagan's in it. Steve Cochran, Doris Day in a small role as Ginger's sister, but pivotal in a dramatic drab role. I thought Doris was very good, too. I mean, it's really... What about the scenes when they get they catch her and what they do to her in the woods? I mean, it's like unbelievable. Whipping her. Yeah, no, it's that's the one Ginger Rogers movie that I can like watch. That's horrible, but, but it's um, good. She's good, and she whole is story good of it. And she, you know, she's able to show like a great range in it. Better, I think, than anything else she did. Um, but, you know, of course she, by the fifties, I mean, she, she's old hat. I, and I'm not saying that obviously like in a mean way towards her, but in the eyes of Hollywood, she's, you know, old hat and she's the other women, not just ginger. Right. Exactly. And I mean, she's really just like, you know, here it is, you know what I mean? So she, she, it really starts to go downhill. Um, Leela also loses her power in Hollywood, you know, as Ginger goes down as well. Um, but they are still glued to the hip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, she, you know, Leela always put in her to, you know, oh, let's, let's just go here for a minute. I'm sorry. This oh, Howard Hughes bit with Ginger. That he's chasing after her and she's going out with him. He wants to marry her. I mean, at this time, he's like doing this with 40 other women in Hollywood. I mean, why do they do it? Everybody you read. Everybody. Yeah, you know, I'm going, uh, I, 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 yes, I know that story very well because I know a certain person who I will not mention and repeat it on their podcast and in their book. But, um, I, the the thing with Howard it, that that wouldn't have worked with her at all. No, that just wasn't a Ginger Rogers relationship. I know that people are insistent on Howard Hughes sleeping with anything that was female, but that that just that is completely unbelievable to me. Yeah, I never really because you hear about him with ever literally like most women there, most attractive women there. You know him and. Maybe only Leela and Ginger would have liked him because, you know, he did have all that green. 
but it would never have worked out. And I don't know that Ginger would have been his type. And anyway, he, he liked the chase of it more than anything, I believe. Yeah, no, I just, I, I don't think there's anything really to substantiate that relationship, but I know people are obsessed with the idea of it happening. Um, but like you said, you know, ni- 1950s, her career's and and films is really you know going down um her last film is going to be harlow in 65 but not the one with carol baker it's the one with carol lindley the Which slightly is, better yes, one much um, slightly better but it's a bit ironic being she knew g um to be doing it and you know I think that she has received just criticism for taking that role. Um, she's she's pretty one note, um, you know, and I think you can really see in Ginger that she is just really done with acting. Yeah. You know, she she really doesn't have that obvious joy she had with film before. And she turns to stage work. Um, in 1965, she premieres as Dolly and Hello Dolly. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the first replacement for Carol Channing. And of course, this starts the cycle of dollies. <laughs> uh, basically, dollies. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, if you're an actress of a certain age, you will play Dolly at least once. <laughs> even if you can't sing. Yeah, even if you can't sing. Um, this does bring me, though, to one of my favorite Betty stories. Um, Ginger had apparently, the, she, Betty had gone to something and Ginger had announced uh, Betty as her replacement, which Betty was reportedly upset because she had been approached before Ginger to do Dolly, uh, but had passed it over. And Ginger, you know, announced is going to be my replacement. And supposedly... Betty had left the seat so that Ginger would be humiliated and the spotlight went to an empty seat. Um, But I also know Betty frequently did like to describe Ginger um, when she was playing Dolly as uh, Harpo Marx in a wig. (laughs) That's Betty. Can you hear Betty singing? She never did it, did she? You know, her singing voice is actually pretty good until the smoking really starts to get into it. Um, it's, it's not the, like, it's not like Doris Day quality, but it's, it's pleasant. It's the very 1940s pleasant. Um, but, uh, once she, you know, cause she had smoked so much and she was up to multiple packs a day, her voice had just gone down. So Betty's voice during that time is very gravelly, mm-hmm. but the producers of Dolly did edit you know, the role and, you know, the, the pitch, they would play everything, um, to fit Betty's vocal range because Betty just could not project out. Um, and that's one thing I will, I will say for Ginger, Ginger could project out, but you know, it's still successful with Betty because people want to go see Betty. Yeah. And also, um, um, they had a little, uh, a feud, (laughs) Ginger, Versus Betty Davis. In the mid-80s, Parade Magazine did a feature on Betty. In the article, the author inquired about Betty's mom. This led Betty to exclaim at some point, well, at least I didn't have a stage mother like Ginger Rogers. Jeesh, Ginger <clears throat> Rogers. 
They, she was a wild stage mother. This infuriated Ginger Rogers, and she didn't mince words when received her own parade magazine featuring uh, her next, the next year. Ginger said, my mother was not a stage mother. She was simply a mother helping her daughter achieve her dreams. And I don't get Miss Davis's competitiveness. After all, our performances were nothing alike. I think she's much more stylized than necessary on the screen. Me, ouch. But she was good. And then it goes dot, dot, dot. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, I think that Ginger was probably thinking of stage moms as being like Gertrude Temple, um, you know, or even, you know, Lillian Grable. I think that was probably her idea of a stage mom. So right. in her mind, Leela did not fit that. And I, cause I wouldn't say Leela fits that either, but you know, I think that Ginger's love for her mom was very like, starry-eyed yes and i don't all, think all that, encompassing right and i don't think she was ever able to really look at their situation as like hey some of this wasn't right you know or some of this was like you know weird yeah no. instead she was just like well doesn't everyone live with their mom you know once they hit 50 yeah, once they divorce, Lou Air says maybe it's best you go back to live with your mother. Hint, hint, hint that cake. Oh my god. Oh yeah. my god, that cake. Um, I will put. I'll paste it, you guys, and I'll tell you where I paste it. But oh my god, Run, uh, Lou. Yeah, I know, right? No, but I just, I she like she never gets that they have a you know really an unhealthy codependency. Big time. Um, and of course, Ginger never has kids. Um, I, I don't, I think it's good Ginger didn't have kids. I think so too. Uh, I think that, that, you know, she was the kid and with her mother, how was she going to have a kid and deal with her mother? And that it just, that would have been like a husband, <laughs> she didn't, but she'd have to keep the kid around. Yeah. Ginger, I don't think was maternal. She had her mother, but I don't think she wanted to turn that on to a child. That's just my speculation, everybody. I have no idea. Yeah, no, I just, I, I think that Ginger knew that she just wouldn't be great as a mom. And I mean, I can respect her for not having kids because of it. I give her credit uh, for that because a lot of these actresses should not have had children and they did. So, you know, you have exactly. to... You know, if you know, um, then do it. Some people just did it for show. I'm supposed to have a kid, so I'll do it. But, you know, Ginger's like, no, I'm not going to have a kid. Exactly. And I mean, you know, it worked out really well for us that she did it. Um, so, Leela, as, as you said, she passes away at 87, or she passes away at 86 in 1977. Um, you know, there, she's living in Palm Springs. Of course, Ginger is just devastating i really think that when her mom died ginger like lost a lot of will to keep going i mean she goes on you know for quite a bit after that obviously but i don't think she's ever the same no i don't think so either because that was like her best friend the one who always had her back to an extreme point that she you know she kind of intimidated other people out of ginger's life or pushed people out and ginger probably was not even aware of that um 
because it was just so much a part of her life. Um, Exactly. And so Um, I'm reading about Ginger's death and being a, a Christian scientist. Allegedly, you know, how we, there was always the rumor that Harlow never got to the hospital and mother wouldn't take her. Allegedly, Ginger did not go to the doctor or do any of this stuff. Oh, yeah. No, she talks about it in the, she talks about in her book about how devoted she is to Christian scientists. And of course, Ginger has diabetes. Not taking Uh, any of the insulin. Yeah. And, you know, she's, she's very much sticking to, you know, the old school Christian scientist doctrine of you do not go to a doctor for anything. You pray the diabetes away. What about did, um, uh, mama, how did she die? Do you know? Um, she was 86. I think she probably just died of like congestion of heart failure. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's hard to say though, cause I don't. I'm not talking out now because I've seen Christian scientists get mad when you put 30s doctrine on their stuff now. Um, but I don't think they would have even like have done an autopsy on her with based off of her beliefs. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think she just died of, of congestive heart failure. I don't know. Maybe it was cancer and was untreated. I, I don't know. But she um, she passes or. Ginger gets very sick. She balloons up because she has untreated diabetes. Um, and her last, her last year especially is, you know, supposedly quite painful. Um, I know that there is a copy of like her death certificate that goes around and supposedly she has like gaping wounds on her face. Jeez. Um, you know, and no one sees her, you know, for about the last like six weeks and supposedly those wounds, you know, form over. Oh, no. Um, no, she wasn't dead for six weeks before they found her, is it? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying that her last appearance is March 18th and she dies like April 25th, um, in 95, but she supposedly goes down pretty quickly and pretty grotesquely in that last month i'm not saying that that is you know exactly it although i will say if you look at pictures of ginger in the 90s it's not uncommon to see her with like band-aids on her face um and i just know that that is you know supposedly in um her her death documents that she had like these gaping wounds that's awful Um, awful and well she she needed medical care and she didn't get it uh uh, but she did live know, to be a ripe old age herself. She did. I mean, she's 83. Uh, I think it would have been perfect if she had made it to 86 because I feel like she should have just died when she was her mom's age. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. She sits there, you know, Ginger does keep going, you know, put, putting aside my, you know, stuff that I might not like about either one of them. Ginger is a consonant professional. She really is. You know, she, she signs 2000 autographs in a single day in 94. I mean, that's, that's quite amazing. That's quite a feat. This is her biography, her autobiography that she wrote. Right. Yes. Um, she, she has that. And after her mom 
passes away, she really, she gets a secretary named Roberta. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that she kind of latches on to Roberta because Leela isn't there. Well, you um, think she and would I need know- somebody after being so close to someone all your life. And then you're kind of like, also, oh, solo mio, because I can't imagine she really even had tons of really close friends or anything like that. But I'm yeah, only no. assuming I don't know everybody. No, I, I really don't think, I mean, obviously I think she had some, but she really, from my knowledge, wasn't, you know, someone who was, she had, let me back up. She had some lifelong friends like Lucille Ball. Right. But she's not somebody who, from from my knowledge of it, who really, like, keeps up with everybody. And, I mean, given a lot of them have passed away by the time she's going, you know. But she, um, yeah, she really latches on to Roberta. And, you know, Roberta continues to this day to advocate for stuff with Ginger Rogers. I mean, that is, that is employee dedication. That You're woman like deserves kidding. a raise. Wow. Um, well, I, who got her, her money? On, uh that's a good question i believe she donated a lot of it but i also believe that roberta got something i'm sorry and i blocked into you you've seen roberta have i seen roberta no you saw that she is taking it you know she took it to the extremes that she kept all of ginger's um stuff alive yeah no she she had a bunch of ginger's clothing and might have been that roberta got the estate that i'm thinking about it um you know she she's kept clothing and i know that she has authenticated stuff for fans and she she still does it so i mean point being i think ginger if she liked you could be very very kind to you and i think that she could be a very like deep and great friend but i also think that she had this veneer that was tough to get under and you had to you know accept that she is very far right and also for the fact that she she had her mother all those years so i don't think she she really was seeking out someone to be her best friend or lots of friends chums as she called them because um i love that word chums they all use that do you want to be my chum um yeah so her mother was her chum and so I'm sure she could have deeper friendships as she got older, but she did have a tough veneer. She certainly did. But I love Ginger. I really do. I have to say, um, I do like a lot of her movies. Yeah, no, she, um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I absolutely agree with you on that. And, you know, I, I think, I mean, to be honest, I think that kind of concludes where, where we're at with Leela. I think so. She's dead and Ginger died. But yeah. uh, it was really, you know, they didn't hate each other, but she was a stage mother. I mean, so many hate. And like I said, we're getting to them. So, and they're really bad. So we're getting to them. And um, what are we doing next? Uh, next we are doing Lillian Grable. Oh, yeesh. Okie dokie. She is not a nice lady. I can tell you that from a, from, you know, yes, I I can tell you that. Anyway, uh, April, this was lovely. We got in at 47 minutes. Wow. 
Yay, good job. No, we thank you. We thought we were going to do 45 or 40, but we got to set 47, so we did good. And thank you guys, of course, for listening. And we are coming back with lots of other good stuff. And April, thank you so, 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 so much. You got up. You were, you were, we started this at a little after nine, my time, and eight April's time in the AM. So thanks, kid. Oh, I love that. No, me, me too, Grace. We'll have to do more morning shows. I love mornings because I'm up so damn early. I'm up at like five. I'm like, <laughs> my day's over by nine. I'm like, come on, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> Not really, but I'm up so early. I'm, I'm raring to go. Anyway, everybody, hope all is well. And we will be back talking about Lillian Grable. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, my darling April. Thank you so much for having me, Grace. It's always a pleasure. And for me. So, adios, guys. Catch you soon. Bye.